Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford, coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Lakerholics.com. Check out the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom, today and all the great stuff that he's doing, plus Jamie Sweet and his awesome five things articles that you can go ahead and check out today at Lakerholics.com, plus Joe Sorrow, a.k.a. Ox1947. He's always looming around the great groups at Lakersball.com. And if you can support all that, Plus, please go ahead and subscribe today. That's right, right below Joe. Yes, you can. You can do it. Right below, right below. Go ahead and subscribe today and be a part of the action and get all the latest notifications on when we go live on the air, whether through StreamYard or Restream, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you can support all that, plus our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, today. For Lakers fans, media day. The Lakers were out in front wearing those brand new unis, putting them on for the first time, dusting them off, taking those fancy pictures, and also in front of the media answering what we talked about yesterday. A lot of softball questions. There were some good ones, and we'll talk about that as well. At the different press conferences, the different interviews, Rob Palenka, Darvin Ham, the entire team, they spoke out today at Media Day. What intrigued us in regards to Lakers Media Day? And what are we looking forward to coming up starting tomorrow for Lakers training camp? We'll talk about that, plus some thoughts on Legacy Episode 7. If we don't have time, we'll go ahead and run it tomorrow on tomorrow's show. But first up, it is Lakers Media Day. Media Day is here. Lakers trading camp is tomorrow. We're excited for it. Another Lakers season is around the corner. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited as well. I got a lot of great guests here as far as the usual crowd here at the Lakers Fast Break because I've got a group chat underway. If you want to go ahead and share your comments, please let us know right here at Lakers Fast Break. I'm hoping I will get them all here on StreamYard. 
kind of not been on StreamYard for a little while, so hopefully I will see your comments right there below as best I can. So truly appreciate it. If you can go ahead and drop them today, we always had a great time here in the chat room. You guys were incredible on our last time out. But it is Media Day, and here today to talk first about his insight into some of the things that was said and some of the things that may have been laid out for the future in regards to the Lakers franchise and what's going on with the Lakers team this season. is a good man indeed. He is the number one Lakers blogger out there at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you back, my friend. I hope all is well. I know Aaron Judge is not getting the strike calls, which you like so much because he's not able to hit the home runs and beat the record, which we all know you want him to go ahead and do. But that aside, my friend, today was Lakers media day. I know you didn't catch much of it because you wanted to go ahead and avoid all the normal stereotypical we're going to give it a hundred and ten percent this year we're going to give it a go we're going to go ahead and win one for the gipper and win one for the team all that generic stuff that they usually say it takes a lot to go ahead and cut through all the bs at media day to find some real juicy stuff that's there but your thoughts coming out of it and we do are we are getting the comments we see that comment blue magic thank you so much for going ahead and, and letting us know that they work Laker Tom, your thoughts on Media Day with the thoughts on Rob Palinka's comments on, oh, I do want to go ahead and for the right price, trade those picks. And Russell Westbrook talking about, well, I don't care if they want me here or not, basically paraphrasing what he said. I'm just going to go ahead and be a professional and do what I have to do. You know, everybody's saying the right things, Gerald. But it still strikes me as as really a strange, strange media day. And it wasn't just the Lakers. It was across the league. There, there were so many teams embroiled in controversy, the Celtics, the, the Suns, the, the Lakers, obviously the Nets, um, you know, it, for, for people like us who talk and, and write on blogs and podcasts, it's uh, the content that's coming down streaming and is available is, is incredible. Um, my impression is really pretty much what I thought was going to happen and how I felt I was going to feel looking at the situation. Um, I think first of all, that if we put aside all of the terrible things that happened last year and all of the bad luck that we encountered, and we look at the situation going into this year, there are there are some real good reasons to feel confident and positive about the about the Lakers season and the potential. It's going to take some moves by the front office to to really take advantage of those situations. But you know, when when I sit back and and obviously I'm the the uh glass half full guy, so I'm thinking LeBron's going to have a great year. You know, he's he seems primed to be able to really shoot the ball well this year. I think he's going to, I think we're going to see a better system for him. I wish we had, and I still think there's a good chance that we'll have some more shooting and defense around him before too long. But I'm I'm pretty optimistic that LeBron is going to have a great year. And then if, if anything we've ever hoped for with respect to Anthony Davis comes true, he could have a monster year. I mean, he could be defensive player of the year or even MVP. It's totally within his capabilities. And 
he's coming in with a chip in his shoulder. That was the one thing that came across very strongly in, in his interview and the comments made that he understands that the Laker fans thought after the bubble that he was going to take the baton from LeBron. And in his 20th year, we need somebody to take that baton. We cannot count on LeBron having to carry the load. Um, that's just too much. And, and it's got to be, it's got to be AD. So you look at that and you think first then, okay, so let's forget about everything else. What if AD and LeBron come off and have great years and stay healthy? Let's say they play 70 games and, and they're healthy and rested going into the playoffs. Man, you know, we've always said that's like three-fourths of the game. You know, if we can do that, we know for sure that we can't win if we don't have that happen, right? We all, we all three of us know that. You, you have We have to have the best of AD and LeBron to win. But if we have the best of them, it's not a guarantee, but it, it sure takes a lot of pressure off of, you know, what you do with the rest of the team. And there are some guys on the team who – you know, it's, I don't know why it is that we always end up with these teams that are nothing filled with guys that have got to prove it, you know? Um, and part of it is probably because when you get guys that are on minimum contracts, they they basically have to prove it. You know, starting from Walker, Lonnie's got to prove that he's, that why, why we wasted in many people's minds, you know, the MLE on him. Um, you've got Reeves who's got to prove that he, you know, he, he really can, take another step in his game and not just be, you know, a great stats guy who always comes up in the plus minus. Um, none, you know, none. Can he get on the court? You know, I mean, even if he gets post a minute, he'll, he'll beat last year. So that's a change. And then, and then you've got all of these other guys who some of them have got some good reputations. Some of them, most of them can't shoot very well or haven't shot very well in the past. And that's going to be a big issue for us. Um, I'm still of the belief that there are 22 days left before the start of the season and the Lakers need to make a trade. The roster screams, make a trade. And I think what we're going to see is, I think the Lakers reached a point where they said, okay, we're going to go into camp and we're not ready. We're not going to give up the two picks yet. We're going to stick it out, and and we're going to take an opportunity. Let's see, let's see if right Russ can find lightning in a bottle all of a sudden, and the team comes out and and everything is terrific, and 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 we don't, you know, it reduces the pressure on us to make a trade, and maybe we'll find a way that 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 Russ can actually maybe not, maybe actually contribute to winning. You know, what if he can be the third star? What if they can figure that out? What if Darvin Ham can somehow inspire him? Or what if, like Jamie says, this is this is Russ's contract year. He's got to do that. This is his career year. He's got to prove that he can be a contributor on a winning team this year, or he may not have a spot in the NBA next year. So there's all of these things going on. And what's the overall impression that I got from training camp first day or from media day. The very uncomfortable feeling that Russell Westbrook knows he doesn't belong there, knows that the Lakers don't want him. The photographer has to ask him to move over a little closer for the shot of three of them together because there's this huge gap. It's two guys and one guy. Russ's answers to the questions even, you know, that hey, I don't care whether the Lakers want me here or not. You know, I'm going to do my job, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, which is pretty much saying I'm going to be Russ. You know, I mean, I know I've heard some comments, uh, read some comments, actually. I haven't heard them that Russ is willing to even come off the bench and so forth. And, oh, man, I mean, I I can't blame Russ. You know, you're when you're somebody like Russell Westbrook and you've got that athleticism and you've done it all your life, it's it's pretty hard to accept being pushed down to a role where where you're you know went from 29 to 65 in ESPN's ranking of NBA players. Um so it you know I mean none of us can imagine what it's like to have that talent and have had that a level of success and to be in that situation that he's in and I think it's almost impossible for him to get out of that to to all of a sudden become you know to do what Melo did. I don't you know it took Melo two or three years of of really hard breaks and almost being out of the league before he recognized that situation. And Russ is probably closer to that situation than he realizes, but I don't think it's going to make that big of a change. I think the overall impact is going to be day by day. The late, the Lakers are going to realize that we've got to learn to win without Russ. He's not going to be part of this big story of success. Um, and the more that they find that they don't need him, the more that they will value what they could get for him. And I think eventually they'll make a trade, and I think it'll happen before the start of the season. There you go. Still the optimist indeed. I know that uh, there's some people out there that believe, as you do, that something will still be done. Absolutely. I know we still are talking, Russell Westbrook, and all apologies to Luca Sanfilippo, who is always in our comments after we go off the air and saying that, you know, as far as our comments are concerned and not liking where we're going. But you know what? I appreciate him watching. I appreciate even if you don't agree with us that you're still watching and is truly welcomed for your comments. And if you ever want to jump on the show, I gave you always the email to go ahead and do so. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But also here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out, not only at LakersBall.com, but also as well, (laughs) where he's at right now, I believe, Sinblades. You know what? People need to check out his awesome page, Sinblades. And I actually did while he was talking yesterday. And it's so funny because I looked at his mission statement and I could totally tell it was written by him. And you'll know what I mean when you see it. That's S-Y-N Blades right there for you for the best in artificial lawn care right there for you. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you back, my friend, from the office. Truly appreciate you taking time to speak to me. I know that uh, you you saw and I know you've heard what went down, the responses from what went down at Media Day in regards to Russell Westbrook, his comments about just a business partnership and a relationship, paraphrasing again. There was a whole statement. I'll read into it later if we go into it. I know not everybody likes the fact that we're touching on the Russell Westbrook saga all the time, but it is a major part of this equation for the team going forward. Laker Tom you know, even Laker Tom is insisting that it is because the fact that he still thinks a trade will be executed in the not too distant future. Your thoughts on the media day today? Again, there was opportunity as Blue Magic pointed out that, you know, there were some opportunities to go ahead and press further on some things in regards to like Patrick Beverly. You know, he is going to be thought of as a wing on this team at six one, which I think is you're you're really a lot of trouble that you're asking for. 
I think, uh, you know, there was also some good questions that were made in regards to Russell Westbrook about if he's wanted or not by the Lakers. Your thoughts, first off, general thoughts on media day and some things you want to go into. I thought Darvin Ham a lot of, had a lot of conviction in his question and answer session with the panel. There was the usual uh, confidence spewing uh, Patrick Beverly and James Worthy kissing his butt saying he didn't like him until he came to the Lakers. Uh, and, and then, of course, I, I was surprised of certain questioning from the uh, media, one in particular, and asking Russell Westbrook if he if he felt wanted. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if anybody was going to have the guts to ask the real questions, and I was very, very pleased to see that. He answered it eloquently. I didn't think it was in any way uh, Westbrook-esque in terms of being offended. However, he did kind of turn into that uh, a few minutes before that question. Uh, and then I think he quickly realized, wait a minute, I got, I can't do that right now. Uh, there's a lot of confidence at the beginning of the year. Uh, that's 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 status quo for any new year. You have to be confident and feel good about yourself, and let's go get it. But uh, performance is what's going to dictate the result here. And Darvin Ham is at the forefront right now, uh, and seeing if he can devise a plan to take advantage of the talent that he has in making them play good team basketball. Uh, putting uh, Patrick Beverly, a 6-1 guard at a 3-D position, if I'm an opposing coach, I am not only laughing each game, I am exploiting that until it gets an ejected. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. I know if I was a 6'7", 6'8", wing, or even a Kevin Durant, I would exploit that for 48 minutes until until I, I knew the game was in hand. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope that's just, you know, I don't know. I don't even know why he would say that. Uh, maybe he was serious. But I hope that doesn't become something um, regular. <laughs> I think you will see it regularly because it's the only option they have at this point in time. And, and the ham even ham even admitted that, that part of the effectiveness of uh, part of part of Beverly's effectiveness on a bigger player like that is, is the harassing and the mental part of, of getting in under their skin and, and, you know, causing them to create offensive fouls, trying to post him up and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that, they're trying to cover up. They're trying to cover up the fact that they don't have backup for power forward or small forward, um, which is LeBron and AD. So who's going to back up the two superstars you have? We don't have anybody to do that right now, period. So will he really put Beverly out there? I think it's a matchup situation. There's some guys that are just going to be way too big for Pat. To he's done it. it just because he's done it before and he's welcomed the challenge doesn't mean you should welcome him to right. welcome the challenge. Yeah, but it's but it's uh, but it's better than like putting THT or uh, or KCP out there on him, which has been yeah, we've done that every year since since Rob's been here, you know. Well, we were able to put Caruso. We don't, we don't believe in wings. We were we were able to put a Caruso or a Kuzma. I agree, Tom. Despite Kuzma's uh, 
inability to hit open shots, he did make up a lot of his deficiencies from shooting into playing very good team basketball. He worked hard on the defense, man. He was terrible. He became a good defender. He, he was terrible defender. at first when he was and rookie he, in his first years. He worked hard on that to become a good yeah. defender. And, and, and he did because he, he listened to Vogel, and he's got the stats in terms of the height and the length. I mean, when you look at a a prototypical 3 and D guy these days, heck, even a, a power forward. I don't know if you'd say a power forward. I don't, he's not that wide, but... Boy, that's 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 your Richard Lewis type, you know, six ten, lanky, um, arms and legs, and you know that I think that's 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 what you want in terms of physical attributes. Uh, and then if you've got the desire to put the work in, which he did, you know, I think we we really really screwed up on that one in, in so many ways. I know I regret getting down on him for not making open shots because that's ultimately what I was hoping he would be. Um, he did make up for it on the defensive end, and we've we've been hurting since. And Caruso is a legitimate six 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 seven. Uh, six five. With shoes, I've heard he's six six. Uh, but if he's six five, that's fine. Um, he's definitely got the ferociousness, and four inches does make a huge difference. Yeah. There uh, versus a six one, which Beverly's probably closer to six feet than six one. Uh, but we're we're. We're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see uh, a little bit of this uh, new wave setup in the preseason, and uh, we're gonna get a chance to see in the first five games uh, how close the Lakers are to set, you know being contenders and not being contenders. They very well could open up for zero and five. They could uh, also open up five and zero because of LeBron and AD. Man, that's the five and zero. Probably not. Four, I would say maybe. Three and two, I, I, I three and two, uh, realistically, and being happy with how they open up, but uh, five and zero oh would be a complete shock. It would mean, well, yeah, you know, we haven't seen we, just like everybody else, we haven't seen these guys except for that two years of being injured and and frustrating, you know. And but if you think back, I mean, we're talking about calendar wise, what now a year and a half ago that these two guys were the top two players in the NBA. In a lot of opinions, at least in that top five, that top definitely top top five. But I mean, a lot of people thought they were one and two or one A and one B. They were playing like it at at, in the bubble, and and that's not very long ago, you know. It's I will say this: that's why you know I can't I can't not be optimistic about the fact that if they really played their very best, it's possible that we could be a pretty good team despite everything else. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters 
was the last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I would say the most encouraging thing from today was finding out that none is ready for five and five. And that's something I wanted to go ahead and break in before I bring Sean Grice back into the fold. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford along with Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Sorrell, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger, which you got to go ahead and check out today at Lakerholics.com. And, of course, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, the guy that is the magic man. He's finally back off the Toronto traffic. Glad to see him back here. But before I bring him in, I wanted to go ahead and talk about some things like that was mentioned by Rob Palenka as far as a couple things, a couple tweaks heading into training camp. It was A, Kendrick Nunn, who Joe Sorrell on last night's program did mention as maybe the best option for us at the point guard position, being fully cleared for practice. Now, they're still going to go ahead and put some training wheels on him as far as babying him a little bit, bring you know, bring him along slowly, not exactly going ahead to pushing him too much getting him back into the fold, but if it pans out, we'll see in the exhibition season, he could make a definitive position towards that starting point guard possibility. I know Nick Wong was talking about that in the chat, so I wanted to go ahead and make mention of that. I do also want to mention that Dennis Schroeder is going to be delayed about a week due to visa issues. I guess his great performance for Germany in the EuroLeague Championships was uh, not, was frowned on by some people because he's not able to get over here just yet. So he's going to be a week delayed in his arrival to Lakers training camp and probably right around the exhibition seasons when he'll be here. I do also want to mention that the Lakers signed to non-guarantee contracts, Dwayne Bacon and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was a two-way player with the Boston Celtics and Dwayne Bacon is a fourth-year player who's bounced around the league a little bit. So, I don't know if they're going to be able to make the team, but we could see some promising things from them. Who knows? We'll see. But I just wanted to go ahead and make mention of that. But also here today to talk about what went on in Media Day. It's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here at the Lakers Fast Break. The guy who we centered this for as far as on StreamYard, he is the madman from Toronto, off the Toronto traffic after all these weeks. Finally here, it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you back, my friend. Your thoughts on the Lakers media day? Yeah, I mean, again, we we did get a little bit of stuff that was kind of juicy to nibble on as far as, you know, some of the questions that were asked. Not quite as much as we wanted, but then again, that's a typical Lakers media day. 
Uh, absolutely, Gerald. Uh, a, a lot of uh, cloak and dagger and keeping things close to the vest. That's usually the way the Lakers love to operate. Um, I will say, I, I looking looking at the roster now, uh, whole cloth, we're very thin along the guard position. An injury or two there pretty much, it decimates us. It really does. It, even, even with the... Um, We've got a lot of average guards. Yes, yes. Even even optimistically. Everything. I think we've got the lion's share of average guards in the league. I don't think anybody can go ahead and brag more than we can about all the average guards that we have on the roster. Yeah, I mean, just look at look yeah, down the done. roster. And and Gerald's right. I mean, this guy's okay. He's all right. Yeah, he's okay. It, there, there's nothing that's, oh, he's really good. I think he could play well with, with AD and it's you know, it's if and buts with the with the guards right now. If and buts, we're candy and nuts. <laughs> we're really thin along the wings as well. I mean, there there's some depth there, but I mean, if LeBron gets hurt and misses anywhere from from two to four weeks, it, that's that's going to be an issue as well. I just think going in, I'm. I have no expectations, Gerald. Like zero. I I do not know where this team will fall in the Western Conference. We could we could be going along really well to start out with, and then you never know. A week or two with injuries or Russell's dissatisfaction with coming off the bench, and all of a sudden those fault lines start shaking, and you feel the earthquake coming. I don't want to act like, you know, uh, a chicken little here that the sky is falling, but I think, you know, as fans, we really need to temper our expectations about this season unless they're willing to make a move, make a significant move somewhere within the before the trading deadline. That's the only way I could see the Lakers sneaking into um, a contender spot where where they're actually discussed as as legitimate. We're basically, I think, we're anywhere from the tenth to the twentieth best team in the NBA. We fall somewhere in there. I think optimistically, we we probably end up if the Lakers play up to their expectations. I think at best we're a f- uh, fifth seed. I think we're we're a fifth or a sixth seed at this point. Uh, any sort of injuries put us in a play-in, and my God, anything that's a season-ending injury for either LeBron or AD, and it's 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 like being a we're Raiders fan. Yeah, it's like being a Raiders fan right now. Can't be in the lottery. The, the Pelicans have the our season pick. just started. Well, we'll be in the lottery. The season's the over. Well, the only way we'll be in the lottery is if they're in the lottery, but a little bit higher than us because they'll want to swap <laughs> picks. So they're the one, two picks. They're yeah. The Raiders, the Raiders are swap, pick, uh, the, swap that pick for the. Well, the Raiders the, are on their way. The Raiders are on. The their Raiders way. are picking. The Raiders are picking a perfect time to tank, not purposely, because no, it's, not, it's not on purpose. But but it, it's a happy this, accident. Believe me, I'm this I'm, next. Yeah, this next draft class is going to have a lot of really good quarterbacks. So, and I'm I'm not really dogging on Derek Carr. It's just not working. Uh, I hey, think they that's can... fine by me. That just means more available comps will come my way. I don't mind this, at all. 
this 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 you know they can get some value for Derek Carr trade trade something. Hey, him. hey Joe, I I, mm. I I love football. I I played it growing up, but if you want to be a really great quarterback, you have to love football more than Jesus. <laughs> and and that's not the case with him. More than Jesus loves football. I don't know. Let's, now we're going to get into like Notre Dame and touchdown Jesus. So let's just kind anyway, of, let's just move yeah, there's on. There's a great line. There's a great line in the movie Concussion. Albert Brooks plays the, I guess the, uh, the, the 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 main guy at this uh, pathology uh, facility, and he says, "The NFL took over Sunday. It used to be God's day. Now it's you know it's true. And, uh, there might see, there might be some." some truth to that sean because it's true i mean there are people that watch the nfl and the, the church is kind of secondary so uh i think it's just one of those things where there needs to be this this whole thing with gruden and and kind of the transition there wasn't very good and then but vegas being vegas man talk about a miss gruden wow. well it, it's no no they don't no i thought i thought gruden coming back was was a bad idea anyways before but they need they need someone in there uh, honestly that can either be a franchise QB that can transcend their their 20-year drought or they need to go find, they need to somehow get Belichick to come over there. Otherwise, I don't think anything else is going to work. Well, Give me you Garoppolo. Know, I, I'll tell you what. Don't get me started yeah, don't get on started on that. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't get started. No, no, I want you to get started on it. That's funny. No, no, He went, he went, he went, Way out of bounds with Trey Lance. Okay. Way out of bounds. Getting back to the Lakers. And once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Want to go ahead and thank so much, Sean Grice. Sean, make sure you go ahead. I know we see you in the dark. And Joe. I'll put on the light. Joe didn't want to make you feel lonely, so he went ahead and had a dark room himself. There you go. All right. Nice chair. <laughs> Joe, is business okay? You need some money to pay. Yeah, me. no. I don't, Thin I, blades. Fyn blades. Go ahead. Go ahead and get your lawn. Come on, there today. you are. There you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Sean, right. what's what's? Yeah, there you go. All right, and one yeah, last I thing, don't. Sean, because the 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 chat room is roasting you on it. Please go ahead and add it and do your name. Uh, ah, okay. Yes, because they see the C, and that's what they see. <laughs> is the C. So, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glasser along with my good friends Sean Grice, Joe Soro, and Laker Tom. I'm going to go back to you. <laughs> it's like, that was scary. That was really – save that for Halloween. Save that for Halloween. Laker Tom, I'm going to bring you in right now. I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts. Okay, you hear what's going on with Russell Westbrook. And, again – it, to me, it seems like it, it's almost like a forced relationship at this point. Linka said, "Yeah, I would have, mind, I would have not minded trading the draft picks, but I just didn't see a deal I would like." Your thoughts on that? Because obviously, you saw some deals over the summer that you liked. Unfortunately, Rob didn't see it the same way. Well, you know, what's odd about this whole situation is the Lakers have have basically handcuffed themselves with all of these self-imposed limitations on what they'll do. You know, um, we're not going to take back more money than we send out because we might have to pay more luxury taxes. Um, we're not going to take back any contract except an expiring contract. Cause theoretically, if we let Russell's contract expire, we'll have 25, 30 to 30, 30 to $35 million in cap space. 
And, you know, you look at all of these various things and, and oh, we're not going to give up two draft picks, you know, because we want to have one draft pick at midseason because last year we didn't and we couldn't make a deal. And a year before we didn't make a deal. Um, so we want to we want to keep one draft pick. Then they come out today and they say, well, we'll give you two draft picks. We find out they could have had Bogdanovich for one draft pick, but they wouldn't take back a contract for a second player who had two years on him. Um, so the, the problem is, is that they're trying to do two things at once. They are trying to, they have this dream of, wow, you know, we could, if we just let Russ expire and we don't trade, we could have three draft picks next year, counting our, counting our actual 23 pick. And we would have $30 million in cap space and three draft picks. When they ignore the simple fact that, yeah, they would have that, but if they don't trade Westbrook, everybody else in the team's contract expires, then all they have is LeBron and AD to trade. They don't have any pieces to trade. I think they have maybe one three or $4 million piece in, in, uh, in one of the guys that's got a, a contract, whether it's Reeves or somebody else. But they basically don't have any way you can trade for anybody worth of money, even if you offer three draft picks. What are you going to do? And $35 million? First off, it's a very lousy free agent class headed by Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and Kyrie isn't going to play for $35 million. Um, and, and frankly, the only way you're going to get a third superstar is to trade for him so that you can go over the cap to pay him because otherwise you just can't do it. So they've got all of these various constraints and so forth of what they're going to do. And my feeling is very strongly that they're going to make a trade. Now, first off, they can't, they can't let Russ's contract expire because if it expires, then they have nothing to trade. They have $30 million and they can go out there and, and, you know, I have these dreams that maybe, you know, maybe they're really smart and they realize that, and for that $30 million, we could probably sign Miles Turner and one other good player. And it would be a pretty good plan, except their idea is probably that somehow they can talk Kyrie into accepting that, or they can talk LeBron and AD into giving up a little money so that we can spread it around and, you know, and we could somehow make it happen. But in the meantime, you just have to choose. You have to decide because what you really want is that they should they should do the trade with the Pacers. Then they've got three guys, LeBron, AD, and Heald, that are guaranteed for two years. They give a one plus one to Turner, so that they got four guys guaranteed for two years. And then basically they can sign as many people as they want with contracts that don't go beyond two years. That then gives them two years with a shot at a really good team. And at the end of that, they're completely open. They have no contracts with anybody. Two years from now, they can completely rebuild from everything. So they have to make some decisions. And I think that, you know, they're they're hoping right now that, oh, maybe, maybe we'll see some miraculous thing that will show that we can, we don't need, we don't even need to get anybody else because LeBron and AD are going to be so dynamic that they're going to carry us. Or that then they're fools that they think this, or Russ is really going to, you know, Darwin Ham's got the he's got the he's got the trigger to get Russ going. You know, they'll they'll put some stuff together like that and 
delay it. But the truth is that the sooner that they make the trade, the better that it'll be to make the trade. And the problem with waiting until the trade deadline is every other team knows that the Lakers have to trade him by the deadline or they will have no way to trade for anybody because they won't have any players to send out to match salaries. And that means that these are going to get just terrible offers. They're going to have to take what they can get. They won't have anybody in like the five to fifteen million Which is dollar range or anything. Pretty much where they're at right now. Nothing changes. It's it's not. They're not going to sacrifice. You know, LeBron. I think what 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 Rob has said to LeBron is. Season doesn't start till October eighteenth. LeBron, be patient. Be patient. We're not going to give stuff away. Be patient. Well, I wanted to mention, I know because Howard Hill brought it up in regards to Rob Blinken, but comments he said in regards to relating to the dead stepping rule. I'm just saying right now, again, I know we covered this on a previous podcast, but when it comes to what the Lakers have in their draft picks, this next year, next summer's picks, unfortunately, Pelicans have the right to swap. So if the Lakers have a lousy season and they have a high draft pick, the Pelicans have the right to swap that pick. Most likely they would. 2024, the Pelicans, it goes to the Pelicans unless New Orleans defers to 2025 as regards to their first round. 2025 goes back to the Pelicans if New Orleans defers to the four picks. So basically, New Orleans is just basically got, controlling us for the next of itself. Then you have 2026 as our own, but we can't trade that because it's, it's sequentially not available for us to trade. It's until the 2027 and 2029 pick that we own. We also own the 2028, but the 2027 and the 2029 are the first eligible first-round draft picks due to the Ted Stepping rule because you cannot trade consecutive um, picks because of what else he did when he well, was well, We're still going to get a pick every what? other year. And until we trade him, we're still going to get the 25, 27, and 29 picks. Yeah. Wait, well, let me have one last question. I think next year, the 31, the 2031 draft pick becomes available as well. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but, it, but those picks are limited, too, because you can't – it's kind of strange. You can't put protections on them that go beyond what that date of that last pick is. Well, you can't revert to the next year. It just and, and the Lakers are limited because of the fact that they have a limited around, amount of first-round draft picks that they can trade. They are limited on the amount of protections they can put on those first-round draft picks that they can trade as well. So putting this thing in even more, uh, I guess. Yeah, uh, but what they can also Jeopardy do is they can trade. Making it a lot they can harder. also trade. They can also trade their 2028 or their 2026 pick swap. What, what, for, for another team, a pick swap, a pick swap with the Lakers if they're trying to get the twenty-seven or twenty-nine. Because they will still have a first-round pick in those years. Doesn't matter. Doesn't this? This is how you get around the Sepian rule. Pick swaps are also unprotected. Well, no, but I'm saying, but you, the reason why they're able to get around the Ted Stepping rules because they would still have a first-round pick in those years that they would swap. They would technically yes. not be giving up a first-round right in twenty-six. And you're right that 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 the Pelicans screw us up for the next three years as far as messing with those picks. What are you gonna do? But we got a championship out of it. Well, well, it's yeah. it's 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 realistically, it's only two. 
The the Pelicans have to decide whether or not they want the yeah, 24 or the 25. But they can yeah. play yeah. games with us for the next three years. That's what we're saying. They, they could. They, they, they could they decide will. to do that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think if they're in a position where they need to think about future assets and and who they're going to explore in trading because they're going to they're going to need to look at that possibility. I don't think they'll play games around around the end of 2023-2024. I I think they'll be in a position where they want to contend. But uh, the, what I was going to say is what's painful about about this situation is that we've actually drafted very well over the past decade. And the Steepian rule was designed to prevent dumb people and dumb millionaires. <laughs> Cavaliers. Right. And the Sacramento Kings and all and to prevent them from mortgaging their future. But but now, because we're we're in this cap era, teams like the Lakers, teams like the Heat, teams like the Spurs, teams like the Raptors are punished for drafting well. You can't keep all the good players that you drafted. You eventually have to decide who you're going to keep and who's expendable. It's it's really not like that in in other sports. If you look at the way a NFL championship team is built, it's built through the draft. Other than the Rams, the Rams traded for all their great players, but other than that, it's been through the draft. Uh, in the in hockey, same thing. They have a different cap. It's more of a hard cap, so it's more in in line with a percentage of a cap that your player is taking up. Does he take up 12%? Does he take up 15%? It's it's a different game. The NBA punishes teams who draft well. That's that's the goal. But they don't punish teams who are horrible, horribly run and draft continuously at the top. How many top 10 picks do the Sacramento Kings need? How many top 10 picks do the Minnesota Timberwolves need? How many top 10 picks do the Washington Wizards need? They're constantly in there. They're, they're poorly run, and yet they're not punished for, for, for being in a position where you draft. Now look at somebody like the, Minis, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis decided they were going to tear it down and start over. They're, they're, Gerald, they're they're like two, three years ahead of the rebuild from last year. They're they're way beyond where where we all thought they'd be, and so now they have an opportunity to take advantage of their good drafting because they're in a position where they don't have to pay their guys yet. They're going to have to pay them soon, but this is the problem when you're when you're a, a team on the coast or you're one of the premier organizations in sports. You are limited in what you can do when you have your superstars. Um, like we said, there there are a couple of different ways you can you can build a championship team. You have a superstar or a couple of superstars, and you build middle out. You find perimeter players. You find shooters that can complement what you have, or you establish uh, a draft model. You draft very well, and then you try and acquire superstar, aka the Toronto Raptors. That's the route the Raptors went. Well, I think now, as, as Blue Magic has pointed out, because he says he largely 
but you know, Cavs and Memphis have built through the draft, and they're keeping the three. I think right. the the top end result though is what's going on in Golden State, where you're seeing that they drafted a lot of their core several years, two contract extensions ago, and now they're really paying the price for a lot of those decisions. They're still willing to go ahead and spend, but now they've got a lot of issues with coming up uh, in regards to their contract extensions for Poole, for Draymond Green, and for Andrew Wiggins. So are they going to go ahead and give well, all those guys? Those they say they are. They, they say, say they, they are. are. We'll see. They've got over a $300 million cap right now. So Yeah, but they also own their own arena, which makes a big yeah, difference. Yeah, and too. I know it's Chase Center for a reason, because Chase, yeah, right there, all the money's going <laughs> in, but... I will say, again, they might make some decisions financially, but we'll see what happens. But I wanted to go ahead and bring Joe, because we haven't brought Joe here in a little bit. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Joe is live from Sinblades. Giving you some free club right there, my friend. Sinblades, if you are in the Southern California, your lawn, Joe, go ahead and check out Sinblades.com today. S-Y-N-L-A-D. Right? Did that sound like a good promo there? Go ahead. Let's go ahead tap that and go ahead and put some music. Go. But, <laughs> my friend, I wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick, some of the things and some of the things that were played out during this media day, one of them was about the new attitude, the new culture, because we always hear this with new coach comes in, front office goes ahead and brings whole bunch of new players we always talk about new culture la di da di da everything's fine kumbaya well okay we brought in all these dynamic personalities i believe they're right it is going to be a new culture how convinced are you that it's going to be a new culture but not in all the ways that one might expect i love that jack nicholson grin but yeah i am uh here <laughs> you read this? Nope. Uh, Too small, Joe. We're in the results business. That he had it up there. Sin blades. There you go. Just company. I mean, it helps. But uh, in life, we're all in the result. Well, I'm in the results business. So if you're going to preach defense and preach you're going to be a asset to winning and team ball you're going to need to show it and you're going to need to show it right away because there is no easy path this year really nice setup last year that you screwed up and then it would just tailed out you know didn't take advantage of it this this season the first five games are going to be difficult right off the bat what do you got? Uh, Golden State. Uh, you're going to be playing Clippers, I think. Clippers, and then and then um, Portland. Granted, Portland. it's home, but it's still Portland. And then Denver. And then I forgot yeah. who it was. Um, oh, I'm oh, sorry, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, you're talking about three and two. Very quickly, three and two. <laughs> this could very quickly get derailed. Uh, I would say your advantage the first game would be. Golden State having a lull because of their first championship. Then you're going to be playing the Clippers, whom you've been not been able to beat because you're you're lousy against them for some reason. 
and then Portland always plays you hard. Lillard is always a Laker killer. And then you got the two young teams in Denver and Minnesota. And Minnesota has been slapping you around too. You can quickly start 0-5 right off the bat. And if that happens, our show is going to have a lot of viewers. Oh, yeah. So that's the silver lining there. But I'm not going to be, I'm going to be cranky because I'm, I'm about winning. I'm not about having good shows. I want to have a good show and win. I want it all. I'm greedy. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I did, I did like the delivery from Darvin Ham. He seemed like he, he knew what he was talking about, at least. Uh, not a lot of, you know, innuendos and this, this and that. I can handle Rob Palinka for only about 30, 60 seconds. And then I got to. <laughs> Uh, not that he, not that he didn't say, not that he said something that bothered me. It's just I, I just don't get anything out of his uh, commentary. LeBron James was on the panel, and, it, and unfortunately, they had to cut him off a little early, and he was kind of disappointed. I thought that was kind of cool. He wanted to continue to talk, and I thought that was uh, that was kind of nice to see, because um, we, you know, you want to hear from the main guy, and of course, AD was was as eloquent as ever. And uh, I think he just had his third kid, so he's excited about that. Um, hopefully he's healthy and can, can be the catalyst in this because that's really what it's going to come down to is can we, can we have AD be the, the MVP? I think that should be pushed very, 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 very aggressively by Darvin Ham. Um, if he's going to preach defense, that means, and, and they execute it, that means likely – that AD is going to be a contender for the defensive player of the year, if not win it all, win it, which that's what I'm really crossing my fingers for. I really, really am still irritated that he didn't get it in 2020. And I think if the pandemic hadn't hit, I think he might've won it. Uh, it just seems like people forgot who to vote for during that five month break. I just couldn't figure it out. He had won it the first month of the season, in my opinion. Um, he was just dominant, but it could have been worse. It could have been a worse media day, but I thought it was it was okay. It was let's let's start seeing some preseason games. Let's start watching some basketball now. I think we've done enough talking and we've done enough griping and whining and complaining. I'm ready to complain about what I see now instead of what I might see. I will say with Paul, at least give Ham a chance. I know you're oh, great to have oh. you back in the chat, Paul. I know you're always wanting to fire Ham. But please, at least give him a chance to coach the team. That was funny. That was funny. I laughed pretty good. Haven't hasn't even coached the game yet. Yes. <laughs> he hasn't even coached the game yet. Yes. I mean, Paul, you're always, you've always brought a laughter <laughs> on that, so we truly appreciate it. But... I just, again, I just got that visual of Rob come bringing in Darvin Hammond. Hey, uh, I'm sorry, Darvin, but we're going to have to let you go. What? I <laughs> <laughs> well, haven't even coached well, before I get to uh, Blue Magic's question, Paul has an additional. So I can't say I blame him towing the company line. Blinka, he has no excuse. He's got to get all the heat one way or the other. He gets the praise when they go ahead and win the championship. He now gets the heat, and they're now in the position that. But Darvin Ham, again, this is his first chance. I mean, but they're not in the final position they have to be. See, and Tom is still is right there, still thinking positive, <laughs> still thinking that something will happen and materialize, and God bless him. So I'm hoping that that will happen. I'm hoping Laker Tom will be right, because obviously with the uncomfortability of Russell Westbrook in today's 
press conference, the fact that he just truly had that look like he didn't want to be there, and that the organization themselves, they kind of danced around the subject. They did say that they were trying they're to gonna succeed despite and- They're going to succeed despite Russell Westbrook and regardless of Russell Westbrook. And, 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 well, hold on. Let me say this, John. I said that last year. I said those same exact words in my NBA preview last year. Let's see how that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was last year. This is this year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, go ahead, Sean, and then I'll get to Blue Magic's question. Yeah, no, Gerald. I was I was just going to say, um, look, yeah, I understand the frustration with Palinka, but I mean, you know, Dar- Darvin Ham didn't have any uh, delu- delusions of what he was getting into. He knew that, you know what, I could be parachuted into this gig with live, with live bullets being flown in the air because Russ is still on this team. He knew about it. Well, let's, it, say, it's not... let's say, hold on, well, let's say that your first job is working for Joe. It's your first job, and you want to go ahead and make a impression with Sinblink. You want to go ahead and, and do what you can to make a good impression with the boss. Yes. That's what Darvin gonna, Ham is doing. Yes, well, you show up. I'm going to show up 10 minutes early before my shift. I'm going to make sure my uniform's clean. My shoes are clean. And you're not going to smoke any grass. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-mm. That's not how I roll. Well, Paul says it best. He loves the show, and we love you back as far as everyone. No, 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 no. My, he, my... he hates the way <laughs> this team is built, and we agree. Agree. Yes, my, we my, agree. My delegation is about executing the job. Now, common sense tells me being on the hippie lettuce ain't gonna help. But and being being early, hey, cool. But at the end of the day, you need to execute the job. I, I, I don't I don't care about the you know, oh hey, I tried real hard today, guys. I came early or I, I did an extra couple sweeps. I don't care about that stuff. I care about one thing. Bring your lunch. The execution Bring your lunch. Of the, job. the execution of the job. If it took you one hour to do it, it took you eight hours to do it, doesn't matter to me. If you have to do handstands, I don't care. Now, there is an image thing that's there too. My guys wear all the same gear. Obviously, I don't want you, you know, relieving yourself on property, things like that. That's common sense stuff though. I'm not, I don't think that's something I need to talk about. Other than that, can you execute the job? That's the key. I'm not here to be a boss. I may be the boss, but if I'm going to have to be micromanaging you, then you're not going to last. I don't have time. I got to get more work. And if I'm around babysitting people, grown men, no dice. Hey, Gerald, Blue Magic just has a a really good question here. Yeah, want to go ahead and hit it up right now. Blue Magic says, what sample size of games do you give this team? 10 games, 25. 20 games. Uh, one at a time, guys. Slow down, slow down. I'll get to you, Laker time, and then you, Joe. Blue, uh, excuse me, Sean, go for it. How many? Yeah. Gerald, I, I think uh, I think it's not all dissimilar to last year's team. I thought, you know, uh, bringing in Russell Westbrook, I thought after 20 games we might have a, a good idea of where we were. After 21, we were 10 and 11. And at that point, I I just I didn't see it working at all. So I think to answer Blue Magic's question, I think twenty five games in, you're gonna you're gonna have a good idea of of exactly what kind of team this is. 
I'm just going to tell you right now, when it, Paul, you have some great thoughts as well. Uh, before we get to your thoughts, Paul, what are your what's your thoughts on what Blue said as far as Paul says two games? Um, <laughs> no, I think I think it's more than the number of games. It's how they played in the games. It's more than winning or losing. It's how they win and lose. I, I think that's really important. If they if they see in the first ten games that they are losing because they don't have any shooting. Um, because they don't have any backups for LeBron and, and AD in the two forward positions, or because their young centers just can't hold it against other team centers, then I think you may see that reflected in a, in a trade happening pretty quickly if one hasn't happened. Um, I don't think that they're going to sit long because, you know, 25 games to the end of the season, you're talking about, that's December 15th, man. You're talking about a third of the season in there. No? But you need, you need, and, oh, and if you, you need, don't re, if you don't you, react by then, man, you got to react by then because if you wait till the trade deadline, which is February 9th, that's two thirds of the season is now. Yeah. That, and you have to trade Russ. So, I think if if we if we are okay in the first ten games and we finish six and four or something like that, I don't think anybody's going to panic. We finish zero and ten or one and nine, and we we really look terrible because we can't shoot our way out of a paper bag. Then they've got to do something, and and the unfortunate truth is the only piece they got to move to. I, I, there's some small deals. I know Nick Wong said in the in a question about. What kind of trades could we make at a small level? And, yeah, we, and I was trying to give him an answer back, but Kendrick Nunn, has... Kendrick Nunn is obviously one of those candidates. And by once we get to December, Lonnie Walker the fourth will be another candidate because they're both five million dollar guys, so you can get something for them. But other than that, we don't have any pieces we can move. Um, which is why a big part of the Russell Westbrook trade is to get some pieces that then can be shuttled off and traded and moved around or become permanent part of the team. Um, Pat Bev, when I, does he, he becomes eligible in December too, correct? And he's yes, 13, he does. And he's yeah. 13. The recently signed, the re, the, here's the deal. Recently traded can be traded immediately by themselves. 60 days to aggregate them with another player. Recently signed can't be traded till December fifteenth. That would include uh, what he Pat Bev is is December, correct? Yes, Pat Bev. No, he's traded just sixty days from when he he was traded. He could be traded right now. He could be traded right now, for example, to get um, uh, who's the guy from the from the Suns? Um, Jay Crowder, Crowder. but we're not not getting him. Crowder's thirteen million. His ten. he, uh, he's Crowder makes ten million. They'd have to include another small player, but we could tra- we could trade him for him right. We could trade him for right trade now because right we're now. just trading him one player. But if we want to aggregate him with somebody else, like with Lonnie Walker, who can't be traded till December fifteenth anyway, so sixty days to aggregate a recently signed player, recently traded player rather, the free agent who signs gets the better deal because he gets. He gets at least till December. He gets ninety days or the later, later of ninety days or December fifteenth. Yes, absolutely. I'm hoping that's the case. But Joe, you had thoughts as well on this. Twenty is going to be it in terms of knowing what they're going to be 
for the season. After five, you're going to get a really quick hint. A really quick hint. There might be a lot of panic after five games. Now, Tom mentioned something that I think a lot of people out there don't pay attention to. Money and, and trades. Everyone was, uh, you know, and including myself, was wondering why the heck did the Lakers offer Schroeder that contract initially for $84 million. That wasn't so much the value of his ability. It was more of a asset to have to trade. Trading chip. Right? And where Tom is hitting this on the, on the nail, and it's actually a, 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 a kind of like under-the-radar concern, even though if we let everything end at, this, at the end of the year, that doesn't mean we're going to get $47 million at the end of the year. So we're there. This is not good. <laughs> this is not good at this point. They're going to have to get really creative or lucky. And in this case, I, I, I don't know what criticism isn't going to really do anything. I think the only criticism we've been harping on is why a $47 million future Hall of Famer has mentally checked out from playing team ball, especially this late in his career without a championship. I think that's where my, a lot of my disdain for that is, but in terms of the Lakers in the future, if they run the course, they're, they're, they're not going to be in good shape this summer, especially considering the talent pool is really, really low in terms of Middleton is your number two potential player out there. Right. And, and I don't think he's leaving Milwaukee. And that's the problem there. So you might be able to get a a Turner. Turner would be, you know, the one thing that makes a lot of sense. Rotational <laughs> players. No, but they didn't want to trade. They didn't want to give up a draft pick for Turner. I mean, I, this is sort of a dream. I actually started an article on it, and I just haven't been able to make it make enough sense to publish it. But the idea that that uh, the target really this that the Lakers want is Miles Turner, who's the perfect fit for the team, but they want him as a free agent. He's under, he's, he would easily, they could easily get enough money to sign him. And then you tie that somehow with getting enough other players that you trade and manage to get in a multiple trade so that you get enough people to go along with the draft picks that you have left. Maybe you got, maybe you can get the, you know, maybe you, in that particular case, you, you traded Russ, but you didn't get, let's say you traded him to the Spurs and you didn't use up your draft picks. Then you got the draft pick sitting there and somehow you work out some sort of deal where you can get Kyrie. That's, that's basically the ideal goal for the Lakers. We all know what the Lakers are really thinking about. That's what all of this is about. It's about Kyrie Irving. They don't want Miles Turner unless they could get Kyrie Irving. They don't want anybody else unless they could get Kyrie Irving. That's their formula for it. And in a sense, they're, they're right to a certain extent because it would be LeBron James who would give up the minutes and give up the points and give up the touches because AD has to become the guy who takes the baton. And Kyrie has to be the guy that finally gives us a guard in a modern guard offense-oriented league. We finally get a great point guard or even shooting guard. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, during the course of the Today, it was asked about the rotation minutes for LeBron and AD. 
that being a priority as far as not having them burnt out early yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> those are all nice things that they always say, these coaches, but when it gets to the games, we see those minutes tick up higher and higher earlier than that makes sense though. That makes sense. You can't you can't you can't have LeBron playing the same well, I know that. in October as he's playing in June. But there's always a tendency for them to go ahead and do that. You, they always say the well, right things, and then we always see at the box score that it's actually a little bit more than we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here's one of the one of the things that I think is going to the most important statement that I found in the entire day from the Lakers was. Darwin Ham actually sitting down there and saying, we're going to be an elite defensive team. Hmm. This team is going to be an elite defensive team. Now, why does he think that? Especially compared to what happened last year. It's because he was involved in all of the recruiting of the players that they brought in. Because all of those players are young and athletic and, and players, the kind of players who have the energy and the drive and if they're properly channeled and properly coached in a proper scheme, can have the athleticism and and energy to really be the kind of defensive team that can have an impact. And they'll have to do that because they don't have enough shooting and they don't have enough forwards. We're going to be a lot like, you know, I mean, maybe the two most important guys on the team right now could be those two young centers. If Thomas Bryant can all of a sudden be a 2010 center, you know, for the Lakers and and just block one and a half shots a game, you know, uh, and hit 40% of his threes and shoot five of them a game, that could transform the Lakers. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be Russell Westbrook even playing point guard. I think the point guard duties are, are basically going to be going to Schroeder I think Shooter and, and Beverly will share the point guard duties more than Russ will. I think Russ will come off the bench as, a, as, the, as the backup point guard. In but that you also game. have LeBron that's going to take a, a, a majority of the usage time, so you don't necessarily yeah, have to have LeBron, a pure point in Darwin guard. Ham's, in Darwin Ham's one-four-out four offense, what happens is the first guy who comes down the court becomes the guy in the dunker spot. The second and third guys who come down the court go to the corners. The fourth and fifth guys who come down the court, who are usually who are usually Middleton and Giannis, they take the two spots up at the top of the key. So now all of a sudden you have more space, and it's harder to double team them because there's only four guys on the perimeter rather than five. So you've got more room apart. It's harder to double team. It's easier to get by that first guy, and that's the reason that they that's the reason that that Bud changed that whole offense because they were having a problem getting double teamed off of the dribble, not getting inside. It wasn't a problem with getting too many players inside. It was a problem where they just couldn't get inside because of the perimeter defense. So they've set that whole scheme up with the dunker spot in order to create more spacing on the perimeter to make it easier for Giannis to beat his man off the dribble, for Middleton to beat his man off the dribble. That's what AD and LeBron are going to be doing in this offense provided that Brian can shoot well enough to prove that he can be a stretch five and, you know, and all the other things that are going through there. And in a certain sense, you'll notice that this whole description didn't have the point guard doing a whole lot of point guard type stuff. And Drew Holiday doesn't really. Drew Holiday comes down and he'll basically do a lot of one-on-one stuff where he feels he can take advantage of some defender. 
but basically he's going to the corner. <laughs> you know, he passes the ball to Giannis or Middleton and goes to the corner. Russ can do that. What about some you know, of the other Russ guys? Can, the Lakers are trying to create a situation now where they can win despite and regardless of Russ. I think that's what they're trying to create because they know they're going to trade him at some point. They have to trade him before the deadline. He has to be gone by February 9th because there's no other way to get tradable players that they will have under contract. They just don't have anybody to trade. You're not going to trade AD and LeBron. You can't even put together, you know, you have to put together six or seven minimum salary players to get a $15 million guy, much less going after some player that, like Kyrie Irving or a superstar that's going to make $40 million. And you have to trade for those superstars because you, you cannot, you have to go over the cap to pay them. You have to go over into the tax and over the cap to pay them. And the only way you can do that is having their bird rights. How convinced are you as far as the health of this team? Yeah, Gerald. I mean, if you're, if the one thing you do really well in the NBA is shoot and your back locks up on you, I'm sorry, I gotta sit you down because once your back locks up on you, man, you, I, 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 I know that feeling. You can't feel your legs when your back has locked up. You, you can't feel your legs, so you, you can't produce any velocity off your lower body. And I think we're gonna see a lot of these knickknack injuries this year. Unfortunately, I, I'm not knocking on wood. I'm not asking for it or wishing for it, but this is just the nature of this game the way it's played today. And like you said, Gerald, you, you said uh, a few minutes ago, you said, you asked Tom, what about the other guys? And I think you're hundred percent right, Gerald. I, I think one exercise, I think I'd like to see the, the majority, if not all of Laker fans exercise this year is that don't become attached to a certain lineup or a certain player here and there, other than LeBron and AD, who are sharpied into where they are. This team needs to play the best five people on the given night, whether you're playing a good brand of defense and your offense isn't great, but the man beside you's offense is picking up and his defense is okay. You, you, you need to find a balance here. Vogel couldn't find a balance the last two years. It was a pendulum swing. He either played guys who were too who were too defensive ops, or you played guys who were offensive uh, mercenaries, but they couldn't play defense to save their life. Darvin Ham has to has to hit the jackpot here, Gerald. If we're going to be a top ten defense, I mean, if you want to win an NBA championship, it, it's it's clear cut. You need a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, minimum. Regardless, if you don't have a top 10 defense, you're not getting to, you're not winning an NBA Finals. You can get to an NBA Finals, but you're not winning one. And as far as offense is concerned, we have no shooting, basically. I mean, even if we did play the kind of elite defense that Darvin Ham wanted us to, we could be at game 65 and shooting will still be our Achilles heel. So that situation needs to be solved at some point this season. Well, if you want Joe said it's not rocket science. No. Kobe said it best in that um that great um four minute video he did 
where he was talking about Kyrie Irving. He said, it doesn't matter if you can go left or you can go right. If you can't shoot, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to shoot in basketball. And before I bring in John McCallion, I want to go ahead and touch up with Joe on this. You can't do that when you've tied up two max contracts and one player who who can't shoot. And then the talent pool, anyone who can shoot is going to cost you a max contract. Uh, they're in a – the NBA is in an interesting uh, situation uh, on how the money is being divvied up. I think there's a lot of wasted money. Not that these guys don't, quote-unquote, earn it. Uh, you know, the, the market dictates what they earn. And if you understand um, uh, supply and demand, all that – you know, economics one-on-one stuff, it makes sense. And, of course, the CBA says this is what needs to get done. However, the Lakers are not capable of, under the current rules, to improve on the fly unless there is a demand from someone else somewhere, you know, not on the team. And that's how they've been able to... I guess, build this team in a lot of ways with Anthony Davis demanding to leave New Orleans. And then, of course, in the past, certain players wanting to get out of their situations and come to L.A., LeBron included. We had a little bit of this problem in 2010 when LeBron came in his first year. There weren't any shooters then as well. You had Brandon Ingram, you had Lonzo Ball. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was somewhat of an okay shooter, but not, you know, deadly. Uh, and we saw the results of that, uh, and I was—I know LeBron got hurt uh, that season a lot, but it's—it's it's just not—it's not, not going to work unless he has shooters. He is a pass-first star. Imagine well, unless Matt- he has a good defense around him. Twenty-twenty team at the very end in that bubble when they locked down, they were the best out there in the. At yeah, but you had you had KCP, you had. Caruso, you had a, even AD shooting, keeping things honest, and a LeBron lot. LeBron and AD both shot in the high thirties. Yeah, LeBron. LeBron. There's two things LeBron improved uh, his game since he's been a Laker. Number one, his three point shooting, and the most the most impressive thing is his turnaround mid game. I is basically his Hakeem moves, his drop step fadeaway. I, I mean, shoot, two years ago, he wasn't missing. I felt like he wasn't missing that shot ever. And when you have that, you are, you know, you, you can <laughs> you can enhance that even more. If he can do that at reg- in regularity, like he did, because the defense can't really double-team him because you'll find the open guy and the guys are making shots. Right now, it doesn't matter. Last year, it didn't matter. You, you, you knew you, who you were playing against. You knew someone who not only couldn't shoot, which was something we were prepared for, at least I was. I knew he was going to be the sit, in the, you know, sit on the three-point line and shoot, but we weren't expecting him to do any, everything else really bad as well. And that's where everything kind of tanked. And then the, 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 the mindset, which is a big part of this, you know, that's, that's what ultimately is what killed us, is, is there was no more no, – no, morale was devastating. Morale. The, the, the morale was bad, it, and it never really recovered. It never really recovered after December. Once December hit and you knew what they were, that was it. January, February, when they start doing the Grammy trips, and then 
you know, on the road half the time. There's no camaraderie being built because Westbrook, I'm just taking a guess, he was probably sitting in the back of the plane and being Westbrook. Uh, you don't. That, that's a great point you're making there, Joe, because it really relates to what that conversation we were having about what to expect this year. All yeah, these different it's, personalities. It's, and this is why it's going to be important for Darvin Ham to make a decision if he starts seeing the the skid, the yeah. skid. You know, if he starts seeing it skid again, this is also where Rob needs to go. All right, we got to do something different this time, Darvin. You know what, what should we do? Well, <laughs> oh, you're killing me, man! He hasn't you're even coached the game yet. <laughs> That's Paul. That's I'm Paul. Not sure. I'm not talking about I'm talking about taking a decision on not bringing back Russell Westbrook. There's that that, that decision will have to be discussed if they start out seven and thirteen. It's, it, it could be very Can I, I say something that I don't remember saying? Well, uh, uh, you know, you saw Paul's <laughs> comment that his solution is simple to fire Ham. The team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and then Blue Magic says his trauma from last season will be immediately triggered as soon as he no, sees the was playing funny. the five. I don't know if he was serious. It sounded like he was serious. It sounded like serious. he was serious. Which, he was serious. Which I, I honestly would have. That would have been a. <laughs> That would have been a funny prank if Rob and Jeannie said, "Hey, look, let's let's mess with Darvin and say, look." And Blue Magic said his so, his trauma would be triggered if LeBron he sees LeBron playing the five again. So, oh my God, if LeBron plays the five, we're screwed. Hey, he's gonna play the five this year. Wait well, and see. Also here today, stopping in. <laughs> truly appreciate. You got to go and check out his YouTube channel today. Please subscribe, just like you should subscribe to us. It is John McAlian. John, great to have you back. You've been a great member of the chat. Great to have you back in living color. See us right here, the Motley <laughs> crew on the side. You saw the chance to go ahead and, and perceive what went on at Lakers Media Day. Your thoughts, just general as far as thoughts, whatever you want to talk about, because we've covered so much of Lakers Media Day today, but your thoughts on what was touched upon at Media Day. For, for, I mean, for the most part, it just seemed like business as usual. I, I didn't really have any, any expectations because, you know, whether it's Palinka, Ham, LeBron, whatever, they're all going to say, you know, the politically correct things. The couple of things that I did get a chuckle out of was that uh, LeBron, I knew he was going to say, you know, you know, like things are going to work out with Westbrook and try to reassure. But he said that we only played 22 games together last season and that's not enough. So he doubled down on the on the politically, politically correct stuff. So I laughed at that. Um, I, I forgot know, there I, were 11 and 11. <laughs> well, does it really matter what the record was? <laughs> and then um Palinka, I think uh, you know, he kind of um addressed the haters in his own way because you know he's he's talking about, you know, not making a trade and you know, all the criticism he's received for that because you know he said you gotta realize how the CBA works and you know he's willing to trade both picks and things like that. So um uh, I mean other than that, yeah, it's just business as usual for me. I mean, when you took in the comments by Russell Westbrook in regards to, hey, it's a business, I got to be professional, but he had that mm. look like he absolutely did not want to be there. And, he wants to be professional, that's cute. Yeah, well, $47 million, <laughs> that'll make me professional. Yeah, his, uh, you know, the words he was saying was, didn't really match his body language. Uh, you know, the words saying, you know, I guess he's finally starting to realize that if he doesn't act the way, He's supposed to then, you know, there might he might be out of the NBA by the end of the season. 
And uh, I think I think that's why you know he's he's on his best behavior. But his body language, whether he was talking in front of the uh, you know the media or one of the things that I really noticed is that uh, whenever he was taking the photos, you know how they take the photos for the calendar and all the commercials, he would just like eat like like it would have been a perfect Southwest commercial. Want to get away? Like that's that's the body language that he was he was giving off. And I'm like, dude, like they should just. They should have just sent this one home. So I mean, they should have just sent him home. It's just really awkward. He doesn't want to be there. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just sad to, to be honest. So let me ask you this: At what point in the season do you get a fair evaluation of this team? At five, ten, twenty, forty games? Let us know your thoughts. Well, the thing is that you know, looking at the roster right now, I don't. I have very low expectations, if any at all. I'm more concerned to see what Ham does. My my evaluation is not going to be on the roster, but more about what Ham does. You know, like Joe was saying earlier, you know, whenever LeBron takes a couple of plays off or if Westbrook, um, you know, performs like he performed last year, is he really going to, you know, bench him or is he just saying these things because he's in front of the camera? So my the way I'm going to evaluate these, this team is based on what Darvin Ham does, not really the other players because, you know, like everyone said, this is a very short team. We don't really have any wings. Um I don't know how they're going to play defense, to be honest. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one to evaluate. Uh, Sean, anything to add on this? Yeah, you, you know what? Actually, Gerald, I I don't think uh, acquiring Pat Beverly will make us an elite defensive team. <laughs> but Oh, you mean the 6-1 wing? <laughs> <laughs> He's the best 6-1 wing in the so, league. Exactly. John might be the only 6-1 wing in the league. See, the thing about it is you can be you can play like a pest, not have any skills on defense, and still make an impact. Yep. There are guys like that around the league. Um that uh, Yeah, exactly. No, well, I mean, and then you have and then you have goons like Grayson Allen. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw Pat Bev in a category with him. He's not looking to actually hurt people, but the Lakers didn't have, the Lakers didn't have any grit and grit last year at all. Like not even with with a healthy AD out there. The defense was really soft. Let's let's be honest about that. They didn't they didn't play with a purpose. At least if they're a middling defensive team this year, Gerald, if they play with a, a purpose and play with grit, because like you said, and like John said, our average wing, our average wing is like six four and a half, and our guards are barely six one. So you're going to have to have a team that plays multiple possessions on defense in order to be a, a pretty good team. They have to. Because if they if they decide, you know what, we're gonna play the twenty-four and we're just gonna live with the results, we're gonna see it. It's what Joe said. It's gonna be a two and eight start. Or two and twelve start, and like he said, things things will be interesting. Which but, could be the best thing for the team in certain ways, you know. So I have a stat that you guys are gonna like. The average small forward is with shoes, wing right, is six seven in the NBA, and you're asking someone who's six inches, a half a foot less. To guard the average wing, six inches. How many times have you been in a game and had a shorter guy guard you who is one of those pests 
who just constantly hassled and harassed you, followed you everywhere, never gave you a moment's bit of peace. Sometimes those guys are worse. Well, well, here's here's the thing. A guy your same size. Well, here's here's the thing that's interesting about um, uh, a Pat Beverly is if you look at the advanced analytics, it, it. he actually produces uh, more offensive fouls off his opponent than he than he um, than he generates himself. And then he has so, at the second lowest percentage as far as as if he's the nearest defender right behind Giannis. Yes, was from what I remember. Yes, yes. They were how, how, However, as we've seen, some of the defenses he's <sighs> been involved in, he's had a. He's had a big, big uh, front court. He had a big front court when he was uh, with the Clippers. He had a big front court when he was with Minnesota. He's going to have Turner and Turner and and Davis. Well, we don't have Turner right now. We have uh, we have Anthony Davis and um, who who are they playing beside him? Who do you think they're going to play beside him? I, I, if his health Thomas is okay. Brian, Thomas well, Bryant. I think they're going to start Damian Jones until Thomas mm, Bryant proves he okay, can go yeah. ahead and be Thomas Bryant that he was that one uh, half year, half season in Washington. If he is that player, then he should be the starter. But he's yeah. got to prove it because he's coming, still coming back from that injury. Yeah, they both have to prove. They both have to prove it. I, I, I didn't mind Jones. I, I, you know, he plays hard. If he doesn't play like a stiff, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll find minutes for him. But uh, it's it's what John and Joe have have been saying. This this team has a myriad of flaws, and the only the only mitigating factor is to just to win, just win, baby. That's just Al Davis. That's what I'm saying. Just win, baby. I don't care if it's ninety eighty eight. I don't care if it's one twenty one sixteen. They just gotta find a way to win. And like I said, Joe. Uh, what what uh, to, just to parody off uh, just to parrot off what John was saying, I don't care who plays with LeBron and AD on the court. I don't care as long as they're producing. I'm not attached to anybody on this roster. Oh, I want to see this guy develop, or I want to. You know what? The time for for developing is over with. If Austin Reeves isn't ready to go, if he can't shoot the three, then he's got to sit on the pine. If any of them can shoot the three, yes, any of them. There's no of them. Any of them. There's no. Oh, you know, you're, you know we're gonna de- we're gonna develop him. He's coming along. No, but we do no. have three. We do have three coaches whose background specifically was player development, and we do have a young team filled with guys who need coaching and need to make leaps for us to be a better team. So. I think that's part of the formula too that that we developed an organization and a strategy to finish the year with a better team than we started the year. And that's definitely not what we did the last couple of years. If we are going to be a success have a successful year, our investment in these young kids has got to pay off. We've got to have several of those kids make a leap to the next thing and then ideally one of our two centers or both of them. If they could make a leap, that could be tremendous. We did a lot of good things, but there's still, it's an unfinished roster. The roster, we couldn't get the shooters we wanted except by trading with Russ. 
you're not going to get shooters for minimum salary or even the MLE. You know? So the only way we could get shooters is a trading Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. Look That's at the roster. Comment. Look at the team. Look how uneasy everybody is with Russ walking around. Just look at that situation. That's the first day. This team needs to have a trade. And now all of a sudden we come out and we hear Palinka say, we're going to trade those two draft picks. When? I don't know. I mean, we that, that whole thing of going through the season that we just talked about, about how we saw ourselves after 20 games last year and we knew it was all done. You go, you have that kind of start this year and you're out. Oh no, if we if we go 0 and 10, he might say we're the 2002 New England Patriots. <laughs> Again. <laughs> 72, 72 and 10. Is that, is that what you're saying, Sean? <laughs> so well, I, I, I got them right where we want them. Yeah, no, I like so <laughs> it, it's it seems like there's a lot of heat on Polinka, but it, it doesn't seem like that that right, heat. So. Yes, but however, I think he thinks he's got a deal that he can make right now, which is the two draft picks. He, he's, he, he's he's the Cheshire Cat right now. Well, you know, you know what? I'm going to hold this out till the end, and maybe I can get this for a pick and a swap. Well, don't forget know, about Kendrick Nunn. He's also yeah. um, <laughs> uh, Palink, Palinka. Also has a. Been adding him to the deal, John. I mean, if he can't play, then why not? <laughs> I I think the issue, play, so. like, like the issue is Polinka. Polinka <laughs> wants to play poker, right? But he he already has these tells that people can see. Like for example, Polinka is attached to certain guys. He he we we saw it the two summers ago. Yeah. He made he made the trade with the Kings because he liked Buddy Heald. He, has, he had a former relationship with Buddy Heald, and he wanted to acquire Buddy Heald. So what happened? The deal fell through. It, it is what it is what happened. But what happened? The rumors were that he was circling back to Buddy Heald again. I, I, I think GMs kind of have his number as far as who he likes, and he'll, he, he will always circle back to a guy that he does like, even if a team... Uh, has rebuffed or rebuked him previously. I, I hope you're right, John. <laughs> so that that's that's another issue we have is that um, normally when a big move is made, it's either made very stealthily, like by a Mitch Kupchak or uh, a Pat Riley, or you basically put all your cards on the table. But Palinka likes to play this game where he thinks he thinks he's Phil Ivy. Or Minnesota Fats, but he's he's basic. I, I don't know what example to give. It I just like he risks he risks the deal to win yeah. the negotiation. Go ahead, right. Joe. Joe, exactly. Joe, you wanted to say. Go ahead. I'm gonna change the subject a little bit, but it's gonna be salt on the wound. You guys ready for it? <laughs> Russell Westbrook <laughs> trade. No, <laughs> that's not happening. So, Alex Caruso thought about changing his jersey he wears number six to honor bill russell the nba advised against it since he's in the top 75 of jersey sales wow alex caruso is in the top 75 king indeed 
That's uh, good to hear. I'm happy for him. No, yeah, got nothing to do with the ching. Happy for him, but let let's be honest. Go genie, go genie, go genie, go. Other than being other than being a Minnesota sports fan, there's nothing worse than being a Chicago sports fan because oh. you're always disappointed. Oh, sorry for the folks out there in Chicago. <laughs> well, they don't forget about New York. Oh. They, they, won in, they won in sixteen at least. They, 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 I'm they, not either, not... but I, you know, yeah. Tom's a the Yankees the... fan, so. I was referring to the Knicks mostly. Oh. Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, the the the, uh, you know, that that that's great, great for great for Alex. But I, I again, I I just go back to the fact that he's a guard, he's not a wing. Oh well, hey, he, he's playing pretty well until Grayson Alex Grayson Allen feloniously assaulted him. And how many games did he get? Yeah, not enough. It should have been at least a 10-game suspension. Well, let's I had a solution, but no one wants to listen to it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Listening now. Oh, Grayson Allen? Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a solution. It, it's uh, the elbow bone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, man, my elbow hurts. <laughs> All right. But before we head on out, guys, I'm going to go ahead and table the legacy talk for tomorrow on tomorrow's show. We'll go ahead and talk about as far as episode seven. Why? Again? We already are trying to meet the demand on doing 90-minute shows whenever we can, and I'm glad we were able to go and do so tonight. <laughs> and again, appreciate everyone in the chat. You've been incredible. Paul, Blue Magic. Oh, nice. As far Thanks, as everybody. Guys. Wes, you've just been tremendous as far as Paul being on fire at all Nick, of us. Yeah, Howard, yeah, Paul was on fire today. Yes, Paul was on fire tonight. Even 69mega.com, you know, you know, they tried to go ahead and interject as far as they're, what they're trying to do, and you know that always goes Ooh. nowhere. 69mega.com, Joe. Look it up. Oh, there. those guys. Yeah. yeah, we'll see on that one. But petting my cat. <laughs> Jeff Green, Don. Great part of the chat today. Thank you all for listening. But before hey. we head on out, final, hey. some fi- final closing line. Well, the final closing thoughts before we head on out. Wanted to go ahead and say we're heading into training camp. When the Paul sounds like a Clippers fan. Wow. Uh, <laughs> This sounds like <laughs> this sounds very much like you know the team is trying to say the right things and do the right things before they head in the camp. But before we yeah. head on out, Joe, I'll start. Trade. Joe, I'll start with you. What are you looking forward to over the next week to ten days? Talking on uh, Lakers fast break. Yes, that's what I'm looking forward, looking forward to. Forward to. Yeah. About certain things, anything you're looking forward to in training camp, position battles, anything that's being solidified anything else at all maybe some behind the scenes fights the dynamic personalities that are involved anything uh stay healthy yeah stay healthy and that's that that'll help a lot and then what's great about the schedule is there's there's no relenting right off the bat for a while we're going to get a chance to see if these are men or little girls thank you so much to howard as well everybody in the chat room been amazing tonight Sean, any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, you know what, Gerald? I've been the conductor of the Swider Express from the very beginning. And uh, oh, I don't. Yes. Yeah. Swider Man. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not getting off that train. I'm still going to still going to be riding it. Um, I think he's. Listening, I, are you listening to his podcast? I am, actually. I am. Um, you know something? I, I hope he has a, a good training camp. Um, you know, 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I really do think he is a professional shooter. He's just got to prove it. But he he showed he showed me, and I think he showed Laker fans that he's very capable of it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Hope hopefully Laker fans, you know, give this guy a little bit of patience because he is coming in undrafted. He is a rookie, but he and looks you can't like play he, the Syracuse zone deep. Indian. No, you you're gonna have to man up. That Ugh, this uh, is, that 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 whole Beheim thing until Carmelo came was just Beheim left. Uh, a couple, he left a couple titles. Uh. He Office did because that crap. He he did he did he he also got lucky too, right? Because when the when the Big East broke up, a lot of those powerhouses left the conference. It was like the perfect storm. He had an NBA player on his team for one year, and you know, yeah, it's I. That's why I like the professional game. I think sometimes the the I don't want to say the fundamentals. Fundamentals are important, but I think sometimes these coaches. <laughs> Are too into what they're doing, and the kids have yes. they don't go off of the kind of talent. I mean, he's had way too much talent not well, to win it all a few more times. I agree with Sean. If Cole Swider becomes a regular part of the rotation, maybe your only shooter, but you at least have a shooter in the lineup. John McCallion, mm-hmm. my friend, appreciate you coming back on with us. Truly, thanks for having that. me. Before we head on out, I want to hear your thoughts. Bye. And Laker Tom, I'm not forgetting you, my friend. I'm leaving you class, so hold on. But John McCallion, <laughs> when it comes to training camp and all that's going on, because it is tomorrow, is there anything specific you're looking forward to? Anything that you want to point out to our listeners before we head on? Honestly, you know, when I think about whether or not this team's going to succeed this year, I feel depressed. So honestly, I'm just looking forward to. <laughs> I'm looking forward to how the whole Patrick Beverly Russell Westbrook trade saga unfolds. <laughs> I know Tom is as well. So okay, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm you know, are you secretly like me, maybe hoping for maybe like one little fisticuff? <laughs> uh, just like Joe said, hopefully I'll stay healthy. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> what did I say? That you, they all you stay said, you, yeah, that oh. they all stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I ask. A, a fight. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Just listen back to the show. Was, was that supposed to be a joke? No. no. <laughs> Laker Tom, before we head on out, you get the final word. With outside of a Russell Westbrook trade that you're saying is imminent, that you're looking forward to. Well, I think the single most important thing to see coming out of camp is a lot of positive reports about how dominant <laughs> Anthony Davis is. Uh, sorry, Tom. I apologize. I'll let you say it again. Because Paul Terry said he'll take Hey, Yudoka over Ham right now. You know, he might be available very soon. So, but Laker, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, he, you, what, he's not available this season. Well, unless he unless he's he fires or he walks, because he's only on suspension. But he could walk if you want. Jesus, we're already firing Darvin Ham. Uh, well, you know, Paul Terry is that's for sure. But Laker Tom, I mean, is there any one player that you're looking at outside of Anthony Russell Davis? West? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yeah. This season will depend upon Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has to come out and be the dominant player and take the baton from LeBron James this season. Bingo. I agree. Very well said. Or we need to look for another player. 
become the alpha on the Lakers. Now, Joe said, give him one year. I am giving him that one season, so we'll see. Uh, Sean, any last thoughts again? I, I did want to make sure that the Laker Tom but go ahead, Sean. Yeah, yeah no, I was just going to let Paul know. I mean, you, you can live in a dreamland. I mean, the Lakers already went through one cycle where they were paying three coaches at one time. They're not going to do that again. Never know. Don't put it oh, past well, the Lakers. No, but I, I know Jeannie Buss well enough outside now to know that they're not going to spend money when they don't have to. Yep. Keep, keep, keep. Well, we'll see what happens. But we want to thank everyone for being part of today's broadcast. Big shout out to John McKinley. If you get a chance, please go ahead and check out his awesome YouTube channel. And please subscribe today. Go ahead and check out all the fun. <laughs> you know, it's just as fun here as it is there. So if you like more of the fun, he hops on usually after our broadcast here. So go ahead and hop on his John McKinley channel today on YouTube. Laker Tom right there for you. Go ahead and check out what he's doing with his latest article today at Lakerholics.com. And check out our good friend Jamie Sweet as well and his five things articles. Yummy Swoot. Yummy Swoot. Yummy Swoot indeed. Ox1947, you will find Ooh. him. That's you, man. Mr. Sinblades himself. Got to go ahead Johnny and check who? We didn't say Johnny. No, I said yeah, Sinblades. We said Yummy Swoot for Yami Jamie Sweet. Well, that was for that's an old that's an old joke way back. Joe, there, I think but. you need to turn the volume up on your headphones because you're having trouble hearing tonight. That's, that was a that's a July. I think no, that was sorry. That's an are, August oh. joke. That was an August joke. <laughs> not, not enough. Yes, absolutely. But why are you laughing? Go ahead, check out Joe Storo today, August 1947, right there for you at LakersBall.com, and of course Sean Grice whenever he stops by, whenever he gets out of that Toronto traffic. And also has everything hooked up. He sounded great today. Big hand for Sean. Glad to have him here. Gonna have to keep him on StreamYard because I always cross my fingers whenever he's on Restream. But I will try to make special effort. Today was StreamYard for Sean. That's what we should name this title of this episode. But Thank you very much, Gerald. Yes, glad to have you here. Glad to have each and every one of you here taking the time out of your day. Richard, a new viewer, who was his first show was the other day. Said hello, everyone. I hope everyone is well. We are well. We're concerned. Talk today about what went on with the Lakers Media Day. So hopefully you get a chance to check out the entire show. Richard, glad to have you back. We have no choice but to support the team. I just hope they aren't competitive. Uh, I just exactly. hope yeah, I just hope they are competitive as well. But once again, if you have any questions for us, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. And also go ahead and check us out today. So for John McCallion, Laker Tom, Sean Grice, Joe Sorrow with that evil look right there for you. Oh my god. Oh, that's scary! That's scary! I'm scared! I'm trying to get the right Just trying to get the right, Halloween season. Yes. the right thumbnail for the show. Absolutely. And you know YouTube will miss it. YouTube will probably get me going with some goofy face like they always do. But I like it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that yeah indeed but yeah but how about this teeth though look how white my teeth are yeah it's like cartoon villain white absolutely <laughs> my, like son, the one episode... my son would love so... to go ahead and check that out you know with an x-ray or just go ahead and expect it because you know, as a dentist he'd love to go ahead and you know, what do you mean on some... rack up a bill rack up a bill yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know what? what anyway all right, but Richard, great to have you here. Free dental services. Yes, no, no. not free. No, no, no. Dentists don't do freebies. That that I yeah, learned for no. sure. 
absolutely. Richard, there, there, Richard, there's no shot in hell we get Cam Reddish. I don't see it either. Uh, you know, Why the blue, hell would we I'll think about Reddish. it. I'll probably just put a generic title. How about I Cam Notish? I won't put StreamYard for Sean. I probably won't put Fireham, but at least I'll think about it because, you know, that'll get a kind of feedback. I know that everybody wants. And will it go viral? It probably would go viral, but hopefully our conversations will go viral if I put more than just Fireham. Paul is going to be begging for forgiveness for Darwin Ham by the end of the year. I hope so. I hope so. But I, I think it. Paul secretly hopes that as He's well. He's been shot in the face. He's been through worse. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> But it is the Lakers fast break. Joe's been tremendous. John, Sean, Laker Tom, <laughs> all been great. Fantastic. Tremendous. <laughs> Truly appreciate it. The chat room, again, everyone on down, you've been awesome indeed. Truly thankful that you guys are a part of what we do. And if you have any Laker fans in your life and they love what we do for them as far as entertain, inform, and go ahead and tell them the best about what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. Make sure you get a hold of them and tell them to go ahead and check us out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.